and welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. This week, we talked to Jihei Lee of Sportsbox AI for our Ladies of Golf interview. But before we get into that, let's talk about some women's golf news. This week is the Evian Championship, the fourth major championship in women's golf. Defending champion is Jinyoung Ko, who is currently number two in the world behind Nellie Korda. The championship is played in France, so we've got some coffee golf ahead of us, with coverage beginning at 5 a.m. on Golf Channel this Thursday. This season has given us all first-time major champions, including Nelly Korda, Yuka Sasso, and Patty Tavitanikit. I can't wait to see if the trend continues, or if we'll see a veteran collect another major title. Also in women's golf news, Rose Zhang won the U.S. Girls Junior Championship, her second USGA title. It was an all-star final between Rose and Bailey Davis, who was attempting to become the first black American female to win a USGA championship. Her bright personality and amazing golf skill won her a ton of fans this week, and she'll be in the field at the U.S. Women's Amateur in a few weeks, thanks to her runner-up finish. With Rose's win, she maintains her number one status in the World Amateur Golf Rankings and earned an exemption into the 2022 U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles. Now, for today's Ladies of Golf interview, we welcome Jihei Lee, founder and CEO of Sportsbox AI. I'll let Jihei share what Sportsbox AI does, but definitely check out their Twitter and Instagram accounts to see it in action. Jihei has such a cool journey to where she is today, from playing on the LPGA Tour, to working for Topgolf, to going to the Wharton School of Business, and we cover it all. Jihei also possesses a great perspective of both playing the game professionally, working in the business, and trying to create a more equitable sport. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jihei, brought to you by the United States Golf Association. And just go to town. <laughs> do it i love that you're wearing an actual wired uh headset i know well i've noticed that when i'm recording the sound is just like like Wait, different I, I don't also, have a mac should i also dial in hold on i didn't dial in <laughs> for the audio hold on join how do i do this um oh yeah oh Hmm. Never mind. Is the sound okay? The sound is fine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we're like yeah. finally doing this. Well, I'm glad we've like met in person now and then now doing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. All right. Well, we'll get started with your quick nine questions. Uh, what is your favorite social media channel? I'm on Instagram a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a, a period last year during the pandemic when I started exploring TikTok and I think TikTok is brilliant and it's really fun um, and it makes you more creative so I, I really like it I just don't have the time for it right I don't have the time to create for it but I very much enjoy watching and being a customer of it <laughs> yes. yeah. no, um, I, I had a moment last year when I learned to dance over the course of like an entire afternoon and then it created a 30 second clip and it got like two likes I was like all right not for me. <laughs> right, right, right. I, yeah. I feel that very much. Um, the last show you binge watched? Um, last show I binge watched. Um, this is supposed to be quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, this is really embarrassing, but um, I watched Vampire Diaries 
like oh straight through all nine seasons and I loved every every minute of it and had you watched it before no amazing no I I do this thing where I I um discover old shows later on like Grey's Anatomy I, I started watching in I think 2015 or something <laughs> so yeah nice what's the last book you read um there's a book called um creativity inc Hmm. and um it's by the founder of pixar and um actually the last book i read was um obama's last book um barack obama's last book but um creativity inc was like made a really really like an impression on me because Hmm. it was the right time it was when i was starting sports box and um just has a lot of really good tips and just management tools on how to foster and manage creativity in your organization to like keep growing and keep innovating. So, yeah. Nice. What's the most recent song you added to a playlist or been listening to a lot recently? Um, hmm. um, Again, really embarrassing, but (laughs) I started, uh, I'm working on a song. uh, for the Ryder Cup, and Love it. uh, it's uh, I've been listening to "It's Gonna Be Me" for NSYNC mm-hmm. um, over and over and over and over and over again. So yeah, that's my song right now. Perfect. What's your favorite restaurant in San Francisco? There's a place called PPQ Dungeness Crab. This is an easy one. Um, so it's a restaurant out in out of Richmond, and it's. Um, Chinese style lobster and crab dishes. And it's imagine like lobster being chopped up into pieces and like somewhat cut open so that it's easy to access the good bits. And they flash fry the segments so that it's kind of crispy on the outside. And then they like dump all sorts of like delicious sauces on it, like garlic sauce or like peppercorn flakes and so good. Oh, I'm starving now. Um, what is one of the biggest lessons you learned during the pandemic? Um, I think pandem- during the pandemic, I was actually pretty productive, um, not necessarily with um, work work, but like other things. Mm. So I think, I mean, like I, I legit learned how to play the keyboard and and sing and, you know, at the same time, which I'd never been able to do. So I think the lesson is that um, you you just have to keep doing things. I think when, especially for me, and I'm sure for you, like if you're just sitting still, um, you become really unhappy. And yeah. you know, so you just have to do something, even if it's not just for work, like find something that really engages your mind or whatever, um, keep doing it. And that'll benefit you in other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whose swing has been your favorite to capture on um, the Sportsbox AI app? I mean, Nelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just play that over and over again. It's beautiful. If you weren't working in the golf industry, what would you be doing? Um, I had an answer for this when I was playing. It's like, what would you have been doing if you weren't playing golf and I my answer is always like Justin Timberlake's backup dancer (laughs) (laughs) like I just love uh music and dance and I think I would have really enjoyed that I that is unexpected and I love it Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> best piece of advice you've received? So um, when I was quitting golf, so when I was kind of stepping away from competitive golf, um, I sought out Mike Wan for some advice mm. on my career. And he gave me a piece of advice that I still like remember very clearly and still kind of try to um, live by. And he said, you know, no matter what it is that you do next, um, and I'm sure you have choices, but um, even if it's not the thing you want to end up doing for the rest of your life, like make sure the next step opens more doors for you, like more, a greater set of doors for you than you currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that'll always lead you down a good path. Um, even if the thing that you end up doing immediately isn't the thing you want to do for a long, long term. That's something that I feel like we're going to be talking about today. So that's yeah. really cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd love to start at the beginning. Just when did you start playing golf? Did you play other sports as a child? Tell us about the beginning of your golf journey. Yeah, I was born in Korea. And I started playing golf when I was eight, uh, seven or eight. It's a little fuzzy for me, but um, my parents saw that I was pretty athletic. I, I actually, my dad had me swing a wiffle ball bat inside the house, and I like broke a few things because I swung so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "All right, you know what? She's not gonna play baseball, but maybe she'll play golf." Yeah. So. That's how I got started. I went to the driving range and, you know, had a, a coach that worked with me and I started playing uh, a few tournaments here and there um, when I was in fourth and fifth and sixth grades. And then I moved to the States in, in the sixth grade and started playing some junior tournaments here. Do you remember your time fondly in Korea or does it feel like a distant memory now? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I was really active. I had lots of friends and, you know, I got good grades and, you know, life was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And golf was a big part of my, my life. And my every day was, you know, go to school and I would take the bus to the driving range, um, hit balls for two, three hours and then come back. And um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you first moved to the United States, um, was English a first language for you? Like, did you grow up learning both languages? Yeah, English was definitely a second language. Um, I was in the okay. ESL, ESL program, English as a second language yeah. program in sixth grade. Um, and, um, but I, languages for me have always come easier. Mm. I, I, I've always loved languages and I loved seeing the, um, like the origins of words or like connections between words and cultures. Like I, that was always like something that was fun for me. Um, so yeah, I think within a year or so, within a year, I, you know, finished the ESL program, got good grades and whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, but it's funny, uh, my older sister who was 14 years old at the time. Um, struggled a little bit more and then my younger brother struggled a lot he was eight and he didn't know huh. what was happening to him um so I think they say when you're 12 or 13 that's like the perfect age to transition to like a, a foreign country um oh. that's when you retain your native language wholly but you also adopt your second language fully as well so you become fully bilingual wow 
That's yeah, I got lucky. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So did you play competitive junior golf then in the United States? Pretty regularly? Yeah, so I played, yeah, I played some SCJGA, Southern California Junior Golf Association events. Yep. Um, when I lived in LA and then I went to boarding school up in the Northeast um, outside of Boston in high school. So um, I would, I mean, there wasn't really a golf season other than a couple months in the spring and they yeah. had a boys golf. So I played on the boys golf team. Um, and then I would spend four weeks. I said, dad, I don't want to play golf for the entire summer and just, I'll play four events. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would play four AJJ events and I, I would wrap it up. Nice. And so then did you want to go to Yale where you ended up playing collegiately and going to school? Did you go there first for the golf, first for the academics, a mix of both? Like what were your, how did you decide to go there? Yeah, I definitely prioritized academics over golf. I honestly did not even think for a second that I would play golf beyond college. Okay. So um, academics were definitely a priority for me. So Yale was, was perfect. And um to be honest, I didn't really know how the whole college recruiting system worked. So I didn't mm. really seek out coaches. I yeah. did not know that I was good enough to play at any program. So sure. I got lucky in that the Yale coach um, reached out and recruited me and um, it, it worked out. But otherwise, I don't know where I would have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's such a interesting path to go down I mean it's a whole other world and if you if you aren't really tuned into it like you could be lost very quickly yeah and I think um one because I wasn't so plugged into the whole AJGA system my parents didn't socialize with other parents and honestly my boarding school wasn't you know I went to Phelps Academy not known for its um, producing athletes. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, like our college counselors, like they'd never had a, a female golfer. Sure. Or, you know, like they're like, they didn't, I don't think they knew that that was a sport that, you know, coaches recruited for into college programs. So never once was mentioned in all of my college counseling sessions that that's something I should look into. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but I think I read that, you know, you played for a year and then did you take some time off and then you came back to play? What, and why was that? Yeah. So I played a full season, my freshman year. Um, I think I played one number one or two. Um, and it was, um, at the end of the season, I look back, I was like, you know, I'm here for school. I'm paying full tuition. And I've spent so many weekends, I think like a dozen weekends away from school. And when I say weekends, you know, it's not just Saturday, Sunday, you're gone, like Thursday morning through Sunday night. Sure. Like taking exams on the road. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, what is the purpose golf is serving in my life? Is it going to serve me after school? I said, no, I don't think so. It's not like I want to play professionally. (laughs) <laughs> and then look at what you did <laughs> um so I, I I you know sadly I quit I just you know disappointed a lot of people I felt bad but I I wanted to do so many more things while I was in college like I ended up going to study abroad in China and okay. um 
doing, getting really involved on campus. And so I did what I wanted to do outside of golf for the first time in my life, almost, you know, felt like mm. it was like my, I got to choose how I filled my day. Yeah. Right? So, and then I came back to my senior spring after I, you know, found the job and fulfilled all my credits and, um, and the girls on the team, I, I kind of missed. So I went back to it. So, yeah. And then you decided to go pro. Yeah. I honestly, I have no idea what possessed me that that was a viable path for me. Yeah. Um, I get, I mean, it was somewhat of a delusion <laughs> like, or naivete or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, you know, the logic was, hey, you know, I don't think I've spent that much time and effort into developing myself as a golfer. And I'm still pretty competitive, right? Like I was, you know, we made it to regionals that year. And I don't know, I finished middle of the pack. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm talented enough. If I really gave it a chance, um, something I could make, make something out of. So, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, appreciate that mentality of like, if I work hard enough and I want something then I'm going to, going to at least try for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in general, and this kind of transitions to, um, being an entrepreneur is like, I'm, um, I'm like fearless almost to a point of detriment. <laughs> like I, I don't, I'm not the person who sits there and thinks about a decision and thinks about, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G to Z, like mm-hmm. really properly. I just say, I can see Z. I think I can get there. And even if I don't get there, it's okay. So I'll just yeah. jump both feet in, you know, that's, that's kind of how I go about life. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think that's served me pretty well. So. And so when you ended up, leaving professional golf life about five years after competing on, on tours, um, was there some sort of Z that you were like, okay, this is the next thing and I'm going to jump to it? Um, I think I, first I was, I had applied to business school in mm. 2011 as I was wrapping up my season, sure. uh, which I think, um, I mean, credit to my parents, they're like, you you don't know what you want to do, but it's probably a good backup plan. Just go and do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by really smart, you know, caring friends um, like Michelle and her agent at the time, Nicole Raymond, now Nicole Tara. She, they encouraged me to look at opportunities with IMG Golf. And um, again, like, I didn't look that far and wide, right? Like I, I sought out, you know, advice from mentor kind of figures, but I didn't really think about all of the options that were available to me. I just said, that sounds cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so lucky because I think IMG um, and agencies in general um, are some of the best places to learn how the sports industry works because you're at the center of everything and you're the connector and the value creator for all of the different parties involved in the sports industry. So I got to see um, it from a very unique point of view and 
working with the world-class athlete and a brand like Michelle Wee was so like so important for my my education yeah and that was clearly one of the the open doors that you took and mm-hmm. even if you weren't going to be doing that forever um what so I, I guess what I would assume you're saying is like through working with her those are like some of the things that you learned that then led you to your next thing yeah absolutely and so did you go to Wharton um, after working with her or? Okay. Yeah. So the funny thing is um, I applied to three programs and um, while I was waiting for the decision, the opportunity to work with Michelle presented itself. And okay. it, it was, uh, it wasn't like, oh yeah, let me see, you know, like <laughs> give me a month. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really an option. Right. I said, I have to commit or not. And um, I obviously committed and I didn't want to go back on, on my word. But of course, my first week on the job, this is ANA uh, in 2012. Um, I get a call from Wharton Admissions. Actually, the head of admissions called me at like 3 a.m. or whatever. And she's <laughs> like, oh yeah, congratulations. Like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like, that's not what I expected you to say. Um, anyway, so... I deferred, thankfully they let me defer for a year so that I could, you know, work with Michelle for the rest of that season and, and half of the following season. And I started Wharton in uh, August in 2013. And then after you finished there is when you went to Top Golf? Exactly, yeah. Nice, and I feel like, I mean, I'm assuming you obviously learned a ton of things at Wharton, um, but was one of them like your entrepreneurial spirit or was that something that came along the way? Um, I think it was, it was always a part of me. And there were, I would always like come up with these ideas. Oh, I have this idea. And, and I mean, most of them are garbage, but um, (laughs) I actually had a side hustle uh, in, in, uh, while I was at Wharton, where I um, arranged, the the thesis was that the only way, uh, people get to have the experience of playing with professional golfers, that unique opportunity and the, you know, ability to capitalize on, you know, client entertainment and hospitality kind of opportunities with professional talent is through sponsoring, like writing a huge check for a tour event or a pro-am event, whatever. And there, there is a use case for small scale, like three, four group events that you arrange with professional talent that can, um, you know, be really valuable for people. So small scale corporate events, pro-am events, um, utilize wow. talent. And on the talent side, I knew that I could use a $2,000, $3,000, dollars check here and there. Sure. Especially if the event happens to be the Sunday or Monday or Tuesday of an event week and it's, I don't have to travel for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like, those are sporadic opportunities, right? Like, you know, there's a program here and there and they sometimes call you, but there's no no kind of centralized information space for me to like take advantage of. So I was like, all right, let's put that together and put a marketplace together for those sites to come and, you know, you know, figure out when to meet and, you know, do these outings. So anyway, I was like, all right, I'm going to arrange these opportunities. I called up some, you know, wealthy high net individuals uh, high net worth individuals who work at fancy professional services companies like investment banks. 
and they were like, oh yeah, I'm going to be in Dallas and I have, you know, 12 clients that I want to entertain. I'd be like, okay, cool. Dallas, can you do this week? You know, uh, you're going to be at the Volunteers of America Classic. Like, can you do something yeah. on Monday? And I would just put them together and I would keep 10% and pay out 90%. That's amazing. So. Does that still exist today? No, it was oh. a lot of manual work. I never quite brought it to a point where it was on a, a like a internet portal, right? Like I wanted to create an Airbnb sure. for that to happen on their own um, right. and get in the middle. Um, but I never quite got there. Yeah, that's that's awesome though. <laughs> yeah, to anything. your question, um, I think I was always very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you went to work at Top Golf, which I feel like everyone knows about Top Golf now. Um and I was looking up Top Golf's like history and they actually had been a- around for quite a bit even before you had joined. But to me, if like that period of time you were there is when they really blew up and like grew very, very quickly. What was it like being part of an organization that was just like growing so quickly? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I think when I joined, they had um, just over a dozen venues in the US. And to your point, you know, up until like between 2000 when they were founded in the UK and 2015 when I joined, they built a dozen venues. But from there on, they started building like eight to 10 venues every year. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. they're at about 70 venues now um, globally. So uh, it was a really exciting time. And not just the venue business, but they started you know, looking at um, how do we build a, you know, media and entertainment company, not just a venue and um, hospitality mm. company. Mm-hmm. Um, the So they started acquiring technology and media companies like um, ProTracer. ProTracer sounds so weird now because it's now known as TopTracer, but TopTracer sounded weird when we first acquired them. Sure. But uh, uh, ProTracer and WGT, which is a golf game company, um, to create Top Golf Media, and you know we started we started working full swing uh, as a simulated company and created Top Golf Swing Suite. So all these different business units were being created around the venue business, which yeah. was a lot of fun to be part of. Yeah, and that just continues to grow, which is crazy. But um, I, and you know, you were there for quite a bit. So, do you have any like memories or lessons learned that came out of out of that that has now led you to your next opportunity? Yeah. Um, again, I think I, I I don't I don't think I kind of consciously knew this about myself, but I kept jumping to or raising my hand to to do the most entrepreneurial thing possible mm. as we were growing. So I was part of the main business that the core venue business and I you know helped the CEO think about strategic whatever initiatives and projects for him and then when we acquired WGT and created Top Golf Media I was like I want to do that let, let me let me do that and I would join that group and every time I did um, thankfully they let me um, have my own ideas and build things that came out of my head and supported me but it also meant like, okay, you can have the, the money to build it, but it's not like we're going to give you a whole team to do it, execute it. So I had to get super scrappy with the, you know, the funding I had and borrowing resources from different parts of the organization to like borrowing resources means you have to communicate so clearly what 
the end goal and the vision is for them to get excited about spending time you with know. you in your project. Yeah. And so those are all skills that I value and that I use now because you have to be scrappy, right? You're building a company with a few resources and you have to drive people to see your vision and, you know, all being aligned uh, when things are really hard or, you know, so that's something that I, I learned at Top Golf. And clearly, I, and that's so interesting that like you gave yourself this like startup mentality because now you work for a startup of sorts called Sports mm-hmm. AI. Um, what what was that? What has that transition been like? Because I'm sure you're kind of still in it. Yeah, um, I guess I am still kind of in the transition. It's been um, ten months since I quit Topgolf. <laughs> sure, right. I mean, you're moving fast and furious, but like it hasn't even been a year. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's been really fun. This is the most fun I've had. I mean, and Top Golf was a lot of fun. So yeah. Um, this is a lot of fun, and I love that I get to be squarely in the golf industry, mm. um, creating something new for a game and a sport and an industry that I really love and I feel like I grew up in, um, and that's that's been really rewarding um, and and fun. So what is Sports Facts AI? Because I'm guessing most listening to this won't, won't know yet. Yes. Um, and thank you for providing this opportunity to talk about Sportsbox. Um, yeah. Sportsbox AI, we're a computer vision company that can do full 3D analysis of any athletic motion using just a single camera, uh, meaning just your phone. And so um, all of our products, future products and our current products um, will allow you to take a single video from one angle and be able to see that motion from full 360 and above and below and um, analyze that motion using some key biomechanical measurements like you know, your rotation and mm-hmm. reflection extension all of these variables that allow us to understand how our body moves, we're providing that real time as um, you're taking a video of your your movement. <laughs> yeah, and I think for most people, or at least for myself, um, when I think of something like tracking my body movement, I think of like, like Pixar, where somebody puts like a bunch of stickers all over my body to track that movement for like a video game or for an animated movie. So yeah. how how were you guys able to simply do it with a cell phone? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, some of that is our kind of our secret sauce, right? And, sure. Uh, and we're a machine learning company. We have um, a bunch of really, really smart machine learning scientists, uh, very experienced engineers who know what they're doing with AI. Mm-hmm. Um, that's trained the computer to understand what's happening in 3D space, even with 2D information. So um yeah that's the that's the secret sauce (laughs) yeah yeah and the technology I mean it really shines especially when you show a professional golfer swing their video their natural video alongside then the Sportsbox AI technology um what is your vision I guess probably two-part question like for the professional game and then transitioning it to support the amateur game yeah um for the professionals um I think the biggest use case that they've talked about after seeing it, they're like, wow, so you're telling me I can record myself when I'm swinging it really well and have all of the data on that, that movement. And then if I, you know, Sunday of a major, I'm 
feel like I'm doing something weird or hitting it a little offline. Something doesn't feel right. I don't know why. And my coach can't tell me why, or my coach isn't even here. Sure. I can pick another video and this app will tell me what numbers are different, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inches and degrees. That's awesome. And I think that that's a really powerful use case for the professionals and elite players in the sure. game. And then for the average amateurs, I think um, initially we're going to be the greatest coach's assistant tool there is. Um, so um, being able to just like coaches being able to just take out their phone and film their student, whether it's on the range or on the golf course and being able to quickly identify in numbers what's going on and provide fixes. And we'll have some recommendations like, oh yeah, the tour average is this. Mm. Um, this is something that you should look at and we'll kind of guide them, but ultimately sure. leave it up to the coaches to um, decide how they want to coach their students. Eventually where we'll get to with all of that data is um, we'll be able to um, have an AI coach of some sort where um, the machine learning um, models will have insights about uh, how a type of body can best produce the optimal outcomes. Um, it'll be able to correlate good outcomes uh, over the course of millions and millions of shots and swings that we analyze um, what body mechanics and body metrics generate the best outcomes. We'll be able to base our AI coach recommendations on that type of data. That's awesome. And I, I will say for something that sounds very complicated, you do a really nice job of make, like bringing it down to my level. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I have to, that's my level, right? Like I have to say it in a way that I can understand. Whereas if um, I had some, our engineers explain it, I would, my head would fall off. So. Right, right. So, I mean, 10 months into it, what have the first 10 months for you looked like? And then what do you envision the, like the next 10 to 12 months looking like for you and Sportsbox? Yeah, we've made tons and tons of progress um, ha from having a proof of concept of this 2D to 3D technology working to having a fully functioning uh, AI model and an engine that produces these beautiful avatars that move just like the golfer that's I can't tell you how hard that is and yeah. you won't find that anywhere with a single camera solution you just it just doesn't exist so to have created something that doesn't exist in 10 months is uh, I think is a big accomplishment um, so where we need to go from here is um, to make it really useful for these customers that I just mentioned for the coaches and the elite players and then eventually the golfers and um, as hard as the last 10 months of development have been to get to where we are, I think making it useful for the golfer, making that user experience really, really compelling, that's going to be almost as hard or even harder. So you're going to be heads down, you know, testing this with real, real golfers and coaches and getting it out there. Yeah. And how do you, I mean, how do you feel all of these past experiences that you've had have led you to sports facts? Honestly, I have these moments every day, especially when I was out at, you know, US Open, US Women's Open. Um, sure. I feel like literally everything I've done in my life 
has mattered to get yeah. to where I am. Every minute of like random things I've done in my life. You know, the week I spent in Kankakee, Illinois, playing a symmetric event <laughs> to like singing my silly songs on camera for during the quarantine to just every interaction like has set me up to now do something um, with this this entrepreneurial journey of mine and creating something valuable hopefully in, in golf so um, so yeah I, I feel really grateful and you're also very um vocal and supportive about just changes in the sport in general, which is, you know, being a business leader and then also being a leader just for the game is, is exciting. And it's a good thing for us to have. Um, how do you feel that your perspective has changed from being the player on a professional tour to being in the business world of golf? Um, and, and just how do you feel like you can then bring those, like, how can you elevate both of those things? Yeah. So a couple things is, you know, I take that responsibility really seriously, right? Mm. To be somewhat of an ambassador for the game um, to people who may be interested or not even interested and bringing them along. Like I loved being part of your For the Ladies event. Uh, that's literally, honestly, I, that's my favorite thing to do. Like getting somebody to um, make contact with the ball, solid yeah. contact like for the first time like I love that so much and I will spend all of my time with people who want to pursue that um and you know with what I do with the business too you know if you look at our Instagram and our content like I it's very intentional that it's equal parts male and female golfers right mm -hmm. like that's very important to me um to highlight and celebrate female talent as much as the male talent out there um so I do take that really seriously and I'm going to leverage every ounce of, you know, experience and network and whatever I have to continue to kind of push that forward. I appreciate that. that that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a great answer. Um, I, yeah, we're very, we're very lucky to have you in the sport <laughs> and continue to, well, and it's good to just like continue to push and kind of set, set standards, right? Because mm -hmm. who else will if you don't do it yourself? Exactly. You gotta, you gotta make noise. Yeah. Make change. So. And uh, it's been, sorry, side note, like it's been really please. interesting to read the comments under like the Golf Digest um, content. Mm. Like they're like, oh, this you know, attire stuff is like garbage. Like there's just like so many nasty comments about like any kind of change you want to make in the game. It's really mind boggling. So we got to work just as hard. I mean, harder. <laughs> right, right. Well, what is something that you would like to see in the sport professionally in the next two to five years and then in the, in the amateur game, the recreational game? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like there's more and more support for this and, um, you know, actually being executed on, like, I'd love to see more interaction between the male and female tourists globally. Um, it would, and I feel like the, the guys and the girls would want to do it too. Um, you know, you, you got to look at what in, in the tennis world, you know, the WT, WTS that A has achieved is, 
you know, when you put like even on TV, even if the players aren't playing in the same place, like if you kind of cut the broadcast so that it looks like it's happening at the same time. So instead of doing four hours of, of the PJ Tour coverage and then four hours of the LPG coverage, like cut it in, right? So that you have a captive audience and you show them both sides, you're going to, you're going to take advantage of that captive audience. Um, I don't even know what the question was. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so good. that's what I'd like to see on the Yeah, you answered it. <laughs> yeah. And then amateur side, and this is going to be very controversial. I'd love to have zero club in the world have any rules stipulating when and if women can play. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, I would love to, to be zero. There's, yes. no, there's no excuse for it. No. So, Zero. Yeah. I mean, like do what Pine Valley did. If, if you really want to preserve whatever it is you want to preserve, like, like if you want, have a license to play at your club, right? If you want to be exclusive for a, any reason and, and slow play is, is, uh, is going to make you like shrivel up and die or whatever it is, like, like Make it based on skill if you really want to be exclusive, but don't make it based on gender or anything else like that. Like it's, it boggles my mind that that is still a thing that people don't even talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It is wild. I mean, aside even from memberships that there are these stipulations of when you can play golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even in San Francisco. Yeah. It was a liberal place in the world. Right. Or clubs that don't allow female proprietary members and, you know, no women allowed at certain times of the week or day. And I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I like that. Let's make that one happen. Two to five years. Got to just like keep elevating it. Keep reminding yes. people it's happening. Yes. Well, the last question I ask everyone who comes on Ladies of Golf is just what advice do you have for women who want to pick up the sport, especially as an adult? Mm -hmm. Um, Find a friend who Mm. is somewhat experienced. It doesn't have to be a professional. It doesn't have to be a coach of any sort. Somebody who has a set of clubs and can lend you a seven iron and give you very basic guidance because technique really doesn't matter just swing and try to make contact (laughs) and it's going to be a long journey one way or another. So just enjoy the journey itself. Like I tell people like approach it like golf, uh, approach it like yoga, right? Like when you're practicing yoga, it's not like you're trying to break a hundred. You're just doing it for the practice of it. Um, And if you do that way, then you won't get so frustrated and, you know, give up. So perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and taking the time to share with me today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. And hopefully we will have you at a clinic again soon teaching. Yes, anytime. How many of you doing? This year, yeah, this year, probably 15, 15 to 20. Yeah, that's a lot. And you're at every one of them. This year, I'm, I'm not going to all of them. I So far, I've attended all but two. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'll go to the rest for the remainder of the year. But um, 
the model similar to yours with setting up the pro-am kind of situation is would like to be able to bring the groups together to have their own clinics. (laughs) I I know it's a lot of work, a lot of hustle to do events and sell events. I mean, it's so hard to get people to buy anything. Right. Like, it started this thing called Top Golf Tour when I was at Top Golf, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, that's a great idea! It's so fun! It's Top Golf, and it's only like seventy dollars or whatever." I'm like, no one bought, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to be at every event, you know. So it, it's a lot of hustle. Um, so I commend you for doing that. Thanks. Well, I hope to see you soon, and yes. keep us posted on everything. Where, if people want to learn more about Sports Facts, where can they follow along? Um, they can go to sportsbox.ai, that's our website, or follow us on Instagram or Twitter um, at sportsboxai. Perfect. Well, thank you again, and I'll talk thank to you soon. All right, bye. Abby. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E.